Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable show. So the second half of the show, man, we've got a full lineup for you guys. And, you know, let's go ahead and start off with another video. Uh, we're on Police One, RedVoiceMedia.com, and Thin Blue Line TV, a great source. And uh, it, the video is, it's Good Samaritans, plural, aid a deputy in a traffic stop scuffle. So this happens, of course, in Florida, Volusia County, and the Volusia County Sheriff's Office, they're praising two citizens who rushed to the aid of a deputy who was under attack earlier uh, this past week. According to the Sheriff's Office, Deputy Anthony Zimmerer uh, was trying to put handcuffs on a suspect uh, when the man began to resist. Now, there's video. I wouldn't say it shows everything because the camera got, you know, kind of cut off during part of it, but the suspect was identified as Frank Velez. He hit uh, our, uh, our cop, Zimmerer, in the head, knocked the cuffs to the uh, ground, and began fighting with the deputy. So um, the deputy Zimmerer tried to use the taser. Uh, it had no effect. And of course, that's just typical for most of the stories that we uh, that we go through. And that's when two passerbys, they jump out of their cars to help. And uh, it talks about most of the scene was captured by the deputy's body camera before the struggle caused it to switch off. The sheriff's office said the two Good Samaritans will be receiving citizens awards for their actions. And here's a... Uh, a message from Sheriff Mike uh, Chitwood saying that all my respect and gratitude goes out to these two men who took action when they saw a deputy under attack. It makes me proud to know that in Volusia County, our residents still have our deputies' backs. And I love the fact that he can actually say that with confidence. So, uh, Attorney Ward. Good for the Good Samaritans, and you guys can comment on that. One thing I noticed, I don't know if you guys noticed it, this, this guy, it seemed to me, honestly and sincerely thought that the cops are going to kill him. And this is, uh, this is really a sad commentary on what the news is doing to people. All right, good, good point. What do you think, Chief Newman? I don't know about that. You know, you could be right. I think we might be reading into it. But you know something? You're right. I watched this thing a couple of times. Makes you feel good. There are still, I think the majority of folks out there still want to come and give us aid. Um, I don't want to talk about the officer's tactics. I mean, you know, we really didn't see much of it. You went from one screen to the other. But, you know, you had a citizen that took one right on the noggin, right? He's bleeding. And they, and they were all jacked up. They were all excited. It was, it was it, you know, I'm glad to see it happen. I'm glad to see there people out there still want to give us a hand. All right, thanks. Corporal. Yeah, just a quick comment. Um, I don't think it was the media that had the guy uh, crazy uh, ward. I think it was it was something he possibly ingested. Just saying, from looking at his from looking at his persona sitting on the ground, I I think he was he was on something. So, that being said, me with along with everybody else, glad to see it from the citizenry. When it happens, it's it's a it's a good feeling. All right, good job, guys. All right, we got a lot of open mics, so uh, guys, go ahead and jump in. Ward, Brett, go ahead. Go ahead, Brett. Oh, uh, I may have told this story. I'll make it brief. Years years ago, I was leaving a book and came to an intersection. And naked sweaty guy was squaring off to a semi, so I had to go try to arrest him. And I finally got him face down, naked sweaty guy, got one hand, and a citizen came up from a truck. Hey, can I help you? I said, yeah. So he took the back of the guy's head. Now he's face down, nose on the torment. He picks the guy's head and goes, smash! And, and then he goes, you good? I said, yeah. And he leaves. I thought, who's going to believe this? But anyway. <laughs> beautiful. He, he was naked, and he, Brett, he was naked and face down, and you were, oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, I know our boss hog radio listeners just got a visual on that that they did not want to get, Brett. That's that's right. I mean, once you say naked sweaty guy, I mean, all the options are on the table. 
All right. Reminds me of that SNL skit, but I, I won't go there. Uh, go ahead, Ward. I, I actually saw a cop car stopped in, in Tampa here, and I saw two guys fighting. I stopped my car and ran over to help out, and the, uh, the cops were embarrassed. The cop was embarrassed. They said, oh, we're both cops. <laughs> we're just roughhousing. I, I don't know if that's true or not, whether they're just roughhousing or not, but it was, uh, they, were, they were fooling around where they were fighting each other. Uh, one of them naked, sweaty guy cop or just regular cop? <laughs> oh, gosh. Don't answer that, Ward. And if, and if one of them looked like Ron McMullen, definitely don't answer that. So, all right. We've got uh, seven minutes left. If there's nobody, I know. I saw your face on that one, Dave. So, yeah, we will protect Ron McMullen's identity. Uh, we're going to jump the police one. Supreme Court upholds, a privacy, upholds privacy rights when police believe that someone in danger at home. So um, we're in Washington now. Supreme Court said on Monday that police do not do not have a broad authority to enter a home to check on someone who may be suicidal and then search and seize evidence that may be used against the person. Um, maybe they should say that to have the evidence admissible in court. But in a 9-0 decision, the justices rejected what some courts have called a community caretaking rule, we've talked about it before on the show, uh, that may authorize police to enter a home even if they have no evidence of a crime or an emergency. Now, the case before the court started when the wife of a Rhode Island uh, man calls police because she's worried about her husband. They had an argument the night before. He had a handgun. Officers found the man, Edward Coniglia, sitting in on his front porch. He denied that he was suicidal, but the officers called an ambulance, insisted that he go to the hospital for an evaluation. So he agrees, but he told them that they could not go into his home and take his guns. But of course, after he leaves, they do just that. They go in the house, confiscate two handguns. So the homeowner ends up suing. He alleges the violation of the Fourth Amendment, which forbids unreasonable searches and seizures, of course. And it, it talks about usually requiring officers to have a search warrant before they go into the residence to get, you know, uh, the guns from someone without the permission. But the First Circuit Court in Boston rejected the claim, said the officers were acting to protect the safety and welfare, welfare of the homeowner. Supreme Court takes us on appeal, overturns the lower court's ruling in a short opinion in Coniglia versus Strum. Um, there's some uh, more information on here, but I know that Ward's going to talk about it. So I'll kind of let him talk about maybe comments from Justice, you know, Clarence Thomas and Brett Kavanaugh. And we've got, uh, you got five minutes, Ward, so take your time. This uh, We discussed this case when it was during the oral arguments. I think most of us had a problem with this. In any event, this is a nine to zero decision. Very short, only four pages. They didn't do what they usually do. The Supreme Court dispensed with this uh, pretty quickly. Um, they basically held that unlike cars, there's no community caretaking uh, exception to the warrant rule when it comes to houses. Uh, it's a very narrow decision. I'm surprised they even got to the Supreme Court because I would have thought that they would have thrown it out on qualified immunity grounds by now. But that's all they ruled. This will go back and they may the, the police officers may ultimately win. Four of the justices in three concurring opinions made it very clear that they were not deciding the issue of whether police officers could enter a house to help when there's a threat of suicide or whether there's an elderly person who's been injured or under threat of injury. Uh, Kavanaugh said specifically that he felt those were grounds to enter a house without a warrant. The other said that's still an open question. Uh, Alito raised the whole issue of the red, uh, the red flag laws in terms of seizing firearms. So there's a lot yet to be determined with respect to this. The only issue here is there's no general general 
community caretaking exception to the warrant requirement. All right, excellent stuff, Ward. Uh, Chief Newman. I agree with Ward, but I also think it's setting boundaries. It's gonna tell you, because I think that community caretaking was too broad and the, and the, the justices nine nothing agreed with that. So it might not be about your red, you know, the red flag notices when we're going in there where someone's suicidal and you're allowed to take their guns. But I think it's beginning to set some predicates out there as to what they might consider too broad. Now, we haven't seen anything yet that's going to wind up telling them what's too narrow. But I think you're beginning to see some efforts, even though they said it wasn't, about your, you know, your risk protection orders and what you're allowed to do. If you were those officers and that guy and the wife said they're suicidal, he's suicidal, you're going in there, you know what you're doing? You're taking their guns. Because you don't want to be the officer that says, yeah, I left their guns and he killed himself. But I think you're beginning to see some efforts. And I think that's exactly why they took the case, Ward, is to, to show you community caretaking was way too broad. What else do you have? And I, I, that's the way I interpret it, because there's no other reason for them to take this except to start talking about these risk protection orders. All right. Thank you, Chief. Hey, uh, Dave, before you go, um, I've got this girl on Facebook that's hitting on me. Her name is uh, Mary Lou Bartlett. And uh, I, you know, I, I just I got to take time here, tell her I'm married. So uh, excuse me while I type. Why don't you go ahead and start talking, Dave? I'll take care of this little problem I got on on Facebook. Sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, really. Of course, it's Brett's wife. You know, I just wanted to point yeah. that out to our radio listeners. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I brought up was other options that the officers had. And I've, that community caretaking stuff, I've seen taken too far on more than one occasion. And the thing that disturbed me was the cops didn't look for other avenues. If, if they thought there was a, and I agree with the justices in this and Ward, but if they thought that there was a, a serious danger, if his wife thought there was a serious danger, you have a person there that can take the guns legally and go dispense with them however she wishes. And it, it, it takes it out of the cops' hands. So this, this automatic knee-jerk kind of reaction through that community caretaking for cops just to start grabbing stuff, guns, and, and knives. What are they, are they going to take the kitchen knives? I mean, at, at what point does it stop to say, yes, we'll take it? Unless, unless there was some other detail that we didn't get where the wife was saying, no, please take these guns. I don't want to touch them. Take them, take them. Come in the house and take them, which we didn't hear. I, I don't know if that's what happened. But there's other options here that, that police officers need to look at, shy of seizing people's property uh, for those types of reasons. Um, it, that, that stuff has always kind of bothered me a little bit, and the wife was right there. Use her. All right. Good, uh, good comments from everybody. All right, guys, if there's nobody else, I've got less than a minute, so let's go ahead and start on the next one here. Uh, we've got another video. This is on Police One, redvoicemedia.com with Ray Dietrich and Thin Blue Line TV. Uh, Virginia Leo single-handedly lifts a car off a trapped woman. Look, this has got a lot of media attention, so I'm assuming that most people that are listening to us have seen the video. Uh, so um, it, I believe it's a uh, Gloucester County uh, Virginia, the Virginia deputy was commended for his grace and strength under pressure after he saved a woman that was pinned underneath her car earlier this month. And according uh, to the uh, county sheriff's office, the body cam video was released. It shows the deputy physically lifting the car up to save the driver. And at the scene, Deputy Jay Holt finds an overturned vehicle, sees that the driver's head was pinned underneath the sunroof. The driver's child was running around in distress, crying for help. Guys, I got to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. 
right, guys, I want to take this time and talk about our live show and our segment. So, look, we've kind of changed things up a little bit recently. So our live shows, we're doing streaming on Vimeo. So they are our main platform for doing our streaming uh, of our show. From Vimeo, it allows us to point the stream to other sources like Facebook and YouTube. But if YouTube gives us any trouble, we're no longer going to miss a live stream anymore because we still got Vimeo and they're great. And they treat law enforcement and conservative content fantastic. Um, now, we also do five additional segments besides our 90-minute live show. So Producer Will uh, puts those out on YouTube and on Rumble, uh, and that's Tuesday through Saturday, along with the videos that are embedded. We're also on Thin Blue Line TV at redvoicemedia.com at Ray Dietrich, and also Free Press at tampafp.com with Brian Burns. So, guys, check those sources out. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. So we've got Deputy Jay Holt. He finds his overturned vehicle. Uh, the driver's head is pinned beneath the sunroof. The child, the driver's child is running around in distress, crying for help. So seeing the trauma her child was witnessing, Deputy Jay Holt goes in the overdrive. According to the article, through sheer will and determination, Holt was able to physically lift the vehicle. Uh, you know, on the audio, you can just hear him just like, you know, grunting like he's uh, lifting a load. Uh, the sheriff's office shared the body cam video of the incident. Uh, you know, it's getting a lot of attention. It went viral, so I wanted to make sure that we covered it on the show. Uh, I, you know, we fully support him on the show. Any comments, guys? Uh, Corporal David, you want to give a shout out to him? Yeah, Zach Heilman, the uh, the author of the of the um, of the article. Um, I'm just I'm just glad he didn't feel the need to tell us the person's race, the the cops' race, the person stuck in the car's race. I I thought that was refreshing. Didn't say, oh, it was a, it was a, no, it was a white person. Oh, he's racist. I uh, see. He saved the white person. Would have let the black person die. So hats off to Zach. Good job. Well, it was a okay. white car, so I, I think we got it in there. It was a white yeah, car. Yeah, and, and I got wow. I, I was going to add in there too that at one point it says that the um, the body cam fades to all black. So uh, there you go. God. Wow. Just can't get away from it. All right, guys. Look, thanks, and. Uh, Hey, for, we, we've got a, a lot of uh, stuff going on our YouTube channel right now because we've got a live crew of guys that are, you know, talking with us and stuff. And, of course, you can do that on Facebook and on Vimeo as well. Um, so let's get our next story, redvoicemedia.com and Thin Blue Line TV. There is a dash and body cam associated with it. Florida man, of course, the crazy guys are in Florida, right? Florida man gets tased after leading deputies on pursuit. Of course, half the time, tasers don't work. So whenever we have a good connection, Brett, I get excited. We're in Ocala now. And this happened on uh, on Sunday, May the 16th. Marion County Sheriff's Deputy Kevin Turner arrests a guy named David Andrew Johnson. Of course, you know, bad guys always have three names. So Deputy Turner observes Johnson, where else but in the Walmart parking lot. And his vehicle had an unregistered temporary license plate. So Deputy Turner advised Johnson, who had provided a false name. He told him, don't drive the car. So a few moments later, he observes the vehicle drive past him. So he does a traffic stop. Deputy Turner searches uh, for the name of Johnson that was provided to him, and the picture did not match his appearance. I'm sure he used like David, right? So uh, the database. So when confronted about the discrepancy, Johnson, of course, speeds away, and now there's a vehicle pursuit. And it was initiated, and ultimately it came to an end when Deputy 
uh, Hanar took the lead and conducted a pit maneuver to disable Johnson's car. So Johnson attempts to flee on foot, but he's apprehended a short distance away when Deputy Hanar deploys his taser. So Johnson said that he ran because of an active aggravated arson warrant that was out of Ohio. A search of his vehicle revealed that he was in possession of methamphetamine, drug paraphernalia, and Johnson was placed under arrest. You know, I seem to recall a little bit of squealing, David, when the taser was being activated on this guy that deserved it and could have avoided all the pain. Uh, I don't know what you guys think. We got four minutes left if anyone wants to comment on that. So, uh, Corporal, you want to you wanna start us off? Yeah, nice pit. Put him into a little ditch and a fence. That's how you do it. Um, but, yeah, the, 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 the comment at the end was, was the classic. <laughs> the guy says, Man, it's not even eight o'clock yet. I'm in my coffee. What's your problem? <laughs> Starting all this mess. So yeah, that's 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 typical cop, typical cop outlook on that one. But yeah, you know, another typical day in uh, in Florida. No. Yeah. All right, Andrea and Chief Newman. We got three and a half minutes, guys. And uh, the the guy saying it's not even eight o'clock. That's I mean that's typical. That is that's what we do. Ah, it's my dinner time. Like really, guys, it's not like we're really going out and looking to give you a hard time. It's you know we really do want to get our coffee. We want to have you know lunch, but you know sometimes calls kind of get in the way. But I think that that was very true. I I could empathize with that. It's not even eight o'clock. This guy would be my friend. So maybe I need to find him. All right. Now, I don't know about you, Chief Newman, but I'm kind of curious, you know, Andrea's very, you know, she's Spanish, you know, so she's very, you know, moves those hands around. But when she's talking, you're only using your left hand. Something's going on with the right hand. You got a glass of wine or something. Oh, I see. Okay. I knew she wouldn't disappoint. So, okay. Usually it's those fancy glasses, you know, that we can't afford, you know, with some fancy liquid in there, you know, so, but it looks a lot better than what, uh, who was drinking that nasty looking stuff the other day? Oh, it was Ron McMullen. He's not on the show. That would look like yeah, I don't even know what, but go ahead, uh, Chief Newman. The floor is yours. No, I agree with Dave. I mean, you know, good pit. So it started out good. Um, maybe it's because they were wide awake and they just hit their shift. Uh, good, you know, good use of the taser. I, I love hearing that crackling sound so early in the morning. You know, you got to love it. I love the smell of anyway. Um, but overall, you have a good pit and you have a good apprehension with a taser. You know, there's another taser video I'd like to get to tonight. <laughs> Wow. And after a little bit of after a little bit talking about dropping it like a bad you know bad habit, but no, I thought the overs did a good good tactics. Good pit, good apprehension, good use of taser. Awesome job. All right. All right, thanks. Hey Captain, don't you think they should come out with a uh I don't know, a ringtone that sounds like a taser discharging? I, I would I would put that I would use that in a second. Well, I don't know about the, the sound, but I know when I got tasered, I I distinctly remember smelling bacon in a microwave. <laughs> So that's what I remember. So, so the so the officer here mentioned, okay, so I haven't had my coffee yet. So way back, I'm in the south end, um, having breakfast at Pop Bellies, and radio came on. So we got a jumper on a on a on a tall building nearby. I said, okay, so I started getting up, and radio said, well, he jumped, and I sat back down and I finished my breakfast. I said, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? There's nothing I can do to help at this point. Uh, you know, people listen to the show, uh, and, and I know producer Will is getting ready to go, but people listen to this show are thinking that you were just so insensitive, Captain Brett, after that comment. Well, they, they could be right. I don't know. I mean, they could be right. <laughs> All right. What, produce- what was I, I going to do, Chip? I, I had nothing to offer at that point. Nothing right. to offer. That is true. All right. Uh, producer, producer Will. Eddie Leal just donated. 
Uh, Eddie Leal, you know, Eddie Leal's a, a Tampa, a Tampa guy, you know, so uh, there is a strong Tampa following on the show, even the support. So Eddie Leal, uh, thanks a lot. I, I know when we had Lieutenant uh, uh, Rick on the show, let he, he got busted by Eddie Leal because no one knew where Rick worked at or anything, you know, and Eddie Leal showed up in one of the districts and, and figured, hey, man, I recognize you from the Leal Roundtable, you know, so I, I'll never forget that. So, uh, so Eddie, thanks for uh, donating, supporting the show. We appreciate it. Um, Guys, is there anybody else on this one before we take a commercial break? All right, well, look, uh, we're going to take a commercial break, guys. We will be right back. All right, so, hey, look, let's talk about our radio stations. Now, we are nationally syndicated on the radio. That's a big deal for us. Uh, Boss Hog Radio gave us our first terrestrial break. That's the uh, radio stations that transmit over the airwaves. So Boss Hog Radio, they are on the east side of Tampa, and they've got four AMs, one FM station there in Bushnell, Lakeland, Plant City, Winter Haven, and Avon Park, all in Florida. Hey, we're also on WBCF. They have an AM and an FM in Florence, Alabama. And we're also in Delta, Utah on KYAH. They have an AM. And we've got uh, WKUL, and they are in Coleman, Alabama. They've got an FM, uh, actually two FMs. And we're also on Good Talk Radio. And hey, amfm247.com. Uh, they are on the internet, but man, they've got FM stations all over the place in Tampa, Las Vegas, Macon, Georgia, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Boulder, Colorado, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Pittsburgh, Long Beach, the Villages, Jacksonville, Florida, and also Washington, D.C. So, uh, guys, if you're near any of those, please check them out and also threeriversbroadcasting.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. We have another main article on Police One, why law enforcement executives should maintain their physical fitness. You know, we talk, we've been talking actually about physical fitness uh, a lot lately. I remember that article that we uh, discussed about how they were lowering standards for females. That, that got a lot of hits on the Internet. Uh, this one's written by Deputy Chief Benjamin M. Murphy. I don't think that we've uh, covered anything for him before, uh, so he's running for police one on this. And he starts off saying whether your agency qualifies uh, the rank of supervisor as FTO, corporal, sergeant. There's one university, uh, universal principle that you should adhere to, and it's lead by example. He talks about regardless of your professional status, if you're in a position of authority over other individuals, people look at you to set the standard. And it talks about doing it daily in the way we speak, conduct ourselves in public, and even how we wear uniforms. I have to agree with that. I mean, who who likes seeing a sloppy cop that's got a wrinkled uniform, he's fat, out of shape, um, or, or he's skinny and he's wearing a uniform that's two sizes too big. And it talks about when a supervisor or command level officer reaches a stage in their career where they no longer are pushing a black and white, the obligation to lead by example seems to be abandoned quickly when it comes to maintaining physical fitness. So he's talking about ditch the excuses. It's critical for police leaders to recognize that regular exercise and a balanced diet are not merely good choices, but potentially life-saving measures talking about doing it for yourself, do it for your officers, and be an example. Talks about doing things like the FBI National Academy, and they've got requirements like that. So it's an interesting article. Producer Will will put it up under you know, the uh, video of our show. Um, I think, Chief Newman, you've been to the FBI Academy, have you? No, you sir. I'm a graduate from the prestigious Southern Police Institute 
in Louisville. In Louisville. All right. Louisville. Anybody else, guys, on this one? All right, then we will move on to our <laughs> next one here then. Let's see. We've got. Hey, but, hey, but Chip, thanks for fat shaming us, though. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you know, he was he was only fat shaming you and Ron, not the rest of us. Ouch. <laughs> well, maybe Brett. I, I, don't, I don't like to pick on Brett. Oh, that's oh, the oh, right there. Oh, I get it. Okay, okay, okay. Here's the problem with that article. You know what happens when Here you come. get greater, when you get older than 60? It's a little hard. And by the way, when you're working out and the phone's going off, it gets a little difficult. Okay? I'm just saying. That's that's why they should have age restrictions for law enforcement, John. I agree with him, Chip. Most of my work went on right up in here. Right up in here. They could touch my head. It was on fire. There was so much work going on up here. So right on, John. Right up in here. All right now, all the all the David D. Gresta knows that bad guys are always eighteen to twenty-one years old. That never yeah. changes. Yeah, did, did you see how easy that was, Chip, for me to bait both those guys? I was see, that was just too easy. Oh, <laughs> too, too easy. <laughs> and then we know Andrea likes a good fight. <laughs> I do, I do, I definitely do. I think that one of the biggest things is, is you know, it, it, we shouldn't make excuses, but at the same time, we all know that our schedules, you know, change, and it's hard. You know, there's a lot of things that you get really tired from doing this job. Your hours stink. Typically, they're long shifts. So it's, um, you know, I, I do think that we need to, you know, maybe raise the physical fitness standards, but at the same time, it's easier said than done because it's, you know, it's definitely. It changed it. We all get tired. I think as years go on, I mean, it was, it got tougher and tougher and our bodies don't, you know, they just don't respond the same, but you know, for safety and for health, it, it's important. I just got tired of being eye candy. I'll just say it right there. I just got tired of all the requests for the calendars for all the public you know, visits. And you know, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I got abused. How about you, Brett? John, remember us having to say, Hey, I'm up here. I'm up here. Eyes on the eyes on the paper, right there. <laughs> you know, I I'm fairly sure I have both of you pictures of both of you guys doing a, a physical fitness test, that and you may see those within a week. So uh, on the show, so I'm just throwing that and, out there. And, and then people will never see you again. <laughs> <laughs> I I definitely have one of Ron McMullen. I kid you not, in a very compromising position during the. It was it was great. I had uh, I had, what, I, what, I had what, two girls. Was his face down, facing away from you, like Brett's earlier? <laughs> no, no, no. Thank, thank God. All right, guys. Uh, good content. All right, moving along here. Then let's see. We've got uh, PoliceOne.com. Chicago rank and file cops issue a no confidence vote against the mayor and the police superintendent. So rank and file Chicago cops on Wednesday issued the no confidence vote against police superintendent David Brown and Mayor. David calls Beetlejuice Lori Lightfoot during a meeting held by the city's largest police union. And this is according to the union officials. So the no confidence vote, it was also directed against Brown's second in command, of course, first deputy superintendent, Eric Carter. It is the latest showing of tension between the Chicago fraternal order police, the FOP 
and city leaders concerning a myriad of issues with the nation's second largest police force. I didn't realize that they were the second largest police force. So uh, I guess second to NYPD. So the FOP and the Lightfoot administration have already remained uh, starkly divided on the terms of a new collective bargaining agreement for Chicago. And uh, they've got thousands of cops. They've gone without a police contract for more than, get this, three years. Now, some of the reasons for Wednesday's vote include officer exhaustion, uh, the Chicago Police Department officials' decision on several occasions to cancel days off for cops, moved them from an eight-hour work shift to a 12-hour work shift. They are taking robbery detectives away from their cases and moving them to patrol duties. Uh, it's just kind of crazy. The directives have come at a time when Brown and other uh, CPD leaders have been under pressure from Lightfoot to find ways to combat big increases in city violence. And then it goes on to the stats, which are just horrific. So uh, just something kind of crazy to read. So anybody have any comments about this vote of no confidence? Think it's going to go anywhere? Is it just uh, just a political uh, statement? Anybody? I see. Uh, you know, I, Chip, I think it's the second time they've done that. You know, I, I'll tell you, I don't know what it is. When you look at cities that are successful, and, and I don't want to go into blue or red, but you look at cities that are successful, and we even experience here in Tampa, it's when the mayor or the person in charge embraces public safety. I don't care if it's, you know, and public service, whether it's utilities or, or you know, or anything that does, you know, that supports the city or the fire or the police department. They're successful because people want to come and do business here. People want to come down here and visit. And then eventually people want to come down here and live here. It's the ones that don't embrace, that push back from law enforcement and public safety that you're seeing more and more issues with an increase in crime. This is our second or third vote of no confidence. That's got to be embarrassing for her administration, only if she cares. And if she doesn't care about public safety, then this is just an exercise. It's a moot point. It makes the cops feel better. But look at de Blasio. They turned his back two years ago when the two cops were killed in that shooting. He showed up at the funeral. They all turned their back on him. When your mayors or your city leaders embrace public safety, whether it's fire or police, they're successful. When they don't, they got exactly what they deserve. Wow. Thanks, Chief. All right, David and Brett. Uh, Chip, you touched on it. The, the, the stats are just absolutely horrendous. Um, talk. I mean, that's the vote of no confidence. What was this, last weekend? There was 47 shootings in Chicago, nine fatalities, I think it was, something like that. I mean, how can she come to work and look at people? I mean, I know, I know they call her Beetlejuice, 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 and she shows up. But beyond that, <laughs> I mean, how can she, how can she show her face in public? Because, like you said, she doesn't care. That's the only explanation there is. It's 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 wow. It's a wow moment. And John was right on the right on the money. I don't care who the mayor was, and there hasn't been in Tampa. There hasn't been a Republican mayor in Tampa since what the mid '80s. Um, I think it was the last one, but they all got the, they all got they all got it that public safety and public services were number one. If you have that in place, the rest of it all kind of comes along. And these other these places like Chicago, I I have no idea what they're thinking. But good luck to you. All right, thank you, David. All right, Captain Brett, you got a minute and a half. I think John hit on something, and when he said that she, you know she must not care, I don't think she cares. If she cared she would go, well, this is a clue that maybe I need to do something else. I mean, they're on the third iteration. She doesn't care. Her, her job, like most politicians, is to stay in power. So as soon as they swear in, the next mission is, how do I keep this? 
if she really thought that this top was was going to interfere with her mayor uh, or her office, she'd have fixed it. But she's playing to her base, the people that keep her elected, the people that don't like the cops. So why should she cater to the cops? The cops aren't going to vote for her. Cops don't vote for her. It's a, it's the people in the city that don't like the cops that vote for her. She's a pragmatist. If she really thought this was an issue, she would have she would have done something about it. not maybe out of good character, but because she wants to stay in office. If she wants to stay in office, she'll do what she has to do to stay in office. All right. Yeah, you remember, guys, you heard that first from Captain Brett Bartlett. All right. Hey, we've got John. I'm doing this for you. We've got the video. It's on redvoicemedia.com and Thin Blue Line TV. Crazy Karen Moons, a female police officer, tries to run away, gets tased, eats pavement. Commercial break. We're going to cover it in just one second. Look, let's talk about our podcast and TV, how you can see the uh, the full show and other sources. So, look, law enforcement today, they're marketing our podcast. We're on 10 platforms. We have an RSS feed. We're on Anchor. That's our main staple from uh, from Anchor. They distribute it out to also the Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Apple, iTunes Podcasts. That's huge. Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. So, look, if you're driving to and from work or have other applications where a podcast is for you, we split the show up into two sections. So, check out our podcast channel. Also, we're on Live Free TV. It's at livefreetelevision.com, and they do a streaming service. They're also putting us out on Roku and on Fire Stick TV uh, by this summer. So, uh, hey, we're if, if you're an advertiser, you have a commercial you want to run on TV, we can do that for you as well. So a great way to watch the show. So check out these podcasts and TV sources. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. So, guys, the last 10 minutes of the show, and, yes, we're getting this video in, Crazy Karen blows a kiss and moons a female police officer, then attempts to take off officers uh, or an officer deploys a taser. Now, remember, they missed most of the time, uh, Chief Newman, but, hey, Karen face plants into the street eating asphalt. What a wild, crazy video. Yes, Producer Will Stancer is going to add it on uh, to our show when he watches. It'll probably be on Saturday's uh, version of the show. But uh, uh, go ahead, David, why don't you start us off on this one? What do you think? Oh, I'm going to start it off all right. (laughs) 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 This goes right along with law enforcement executives staying in in good physical condition. Um, You know, we usually... We usually like to see tasers function properly. They're used properly. The target is acquired. The probes hit their target. The subject goes down. They're inca- everything's over with really nice. In this case, I was kind of hoping that the taser didn't work because I'm betting money that that foot pursuit would have lasted about, I don't know, maybe another 20 or 30 feet, and that would come to a stop. <laughs> Everybody would have just stopped running. But the taser worked, so we got a nice face plan out of the Karen. So, I, you know, I can't take anything away from the... Uh, the use of equipment, nicely done. 
Oh, thank God for video. All right, guys, we got some open mics. Captain Bartlett, uh, producer. Well, producer, Will, why don't you go first, and then we'll uh, then we'll have the captain and the chief. Go ahead, uh, producer. Michael MVS just donated. Ah, you gotta love that Michael MVS guy. I told him to let it let us know when he comes in the Tampa, so we can all get together. Hey, Michael, thanks for supporting the show. Uh, appreciate. It. And you know, he waits until we get you know the girl mooning the cop that gets tased you know they wait for the good videos before he before he uh he does those donations so we get more of those videos i guess so uh captain bartlett what do you think i was just hoping you know uh, you know you, hindsight's 2020 that this officer could have thought you know if i could have put the one prong in each of her big old cheeks <laughs> that might have been my last day at work but i would have been the hero forever i, I could live off my youtube video money now, it turns out, I, I did some checking, the, uh, the group Obnoxious Lives Matter is going to hold a uh, protest uh, because um, like that shouldn't be tasered by, by the cops. So they're going to hold a, hold a big rally. I want to go. All right. Wow. All right, make note of the time there, Producer Will, for our censoring uh, applications there, 821, yes. Um, let's see. Uh, who else we have? Chief Newman. Now, I played this video for you, so I can't wait to hear your comments, Chief. Well, you know, being a, a guy who spent almost 10 years in narcotics, he was trafficking in crack. I think the minimum mandatory for that crack was a lot of years. But I just wish there was body cam. Because you know there are chiclets on that road. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> yo, that, that is my... You know, first of all, I've said it before on the show. I think the, um, the taser is the Rosetta Stone. I have stopped people. They said they didn't speak English. You tase them. They know English, English language very well. But she dropped her so clean. First, I chased people for the taser. You always miss. She zapped her. It was perfect. It was beautiful. I hope she pleads not guilty so that goes to trial and a county judge or a circuit judge can watch that. I am certain she'll never pull her pants down to show her derriere ever again in fear that she's going to get electrocuted. But that was awesome. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I'm glad it didn't go another 20 or 30 feet, or we would have had to break out the AED. But it was a good use of a taser, and it made me smile. All right. Thanks, Chief. Yeah, uh, Ward, was that you holding up your phone number in case you needed representation, or what was that <laughs> earlier? <laughs> Ward, you're up. You're not going to okay. say a word. Captain Bar not. Bartlett. Captain Brett Bartlett, do I have your attention? Uh-oh. <laughs> look at look at my T-shirt. HCC. Oh, you like this, Ward? Community you College. Like this. A little bit of a little bit of this. <laughs> I kind of I kind of expected you to say that in Spanish, Ward. I don't know. I'm just saying. All right. Oh, he's All showing right. his booby ring. <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember we had a, what was a guy named Mike Collins? You remember we went to the uh, went to the range and stuff, and he had his nipples nipples uh, pierced or something. Remember something about that? You don't remember that story? No. Uh, no, we don't, Chip. Only you least, remember something. Only like that. you remember that. Yeah. Thanks, Brett. <laughs> at, least, at least at least I didn't use his name. So okay, moving along. <laughs> yeah, John. All right, moving along here. What well, we got five minutes left here. Uh, let's see here. We've got a, a pursuit video, redvoicemedia.com, thin blue line TV. So we got Florida kids burglarizing home. Of course, yes, yes, David, we're back in Florida. Um, so the kids are burglarizing the home. There's a high speed pursuit and, of course, a crash. So residential burglary in Broward County. It's police chief, 
chase ends in a violent crash. We have five juveniles. I kept counting them getting out of the car in custody. Now, authorities say they were called around 7 a.m. on Wednesday to a Fort Lauderdale home. It was being burglarized uh, when the residents were inside. So the caller tells police the suspects were attempting to steal a car from the garage. So when police show up, uh, the suspects are there, high-speed chase, and there's a horrific crash pretty bad uh, i believe the vehicle was you know upside down several injuries reported and five juveniles are taken in the custody um guys comments on the uh, high-speed pursuit and the extraction of the bad guys chief newman you want to start us off on that you know we hear about pursuits all the time with kids or you know kids are in a stolen car and you don't realize i watched that car twice almost lose control on the interstate and just you know they're, they're not good drivers they're, they're juveniles that stole a car and you sit there and you, and you don't think twice about it when you see it in the printed media, oh, these kids have been in a stolen car and they got to a crash. The, the motoring public was in jeopardy when those kids were on the road. If you don't think this is something serious in your jurisdiction, oh, they were just in a stolen car, watch that video, pretend that's your wife or your mother or your father on the highway the same time those kids are, it's damn, it's dangerous. And I was watching that car, I'm like, it's going to wreck. It's, and and it, it was amazing that they got out. But I, I, that's the kind of things that you don't get when people just say they're joyriding in a stolen car. All right. Thanks, Chief. Hey, Ward, why don't you uh, go ahead and go, and then we'll have uh, David tell you where you're wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> even with you, go ahead. My, my only comment is I like the part where the second police car smashed into the overturned car. Oh, yeah, yeah you bet it. You bet it. That's that's the way you end it. That's the way you end a pursuit. Are you kidding me? Nice, but no. But on, on another note, Ward, what I want to know is I want to know who the woman was that pitted them beautifully as they were going around her. I know she did it on purpose. I know she did because she circled back around and came back to the scene. I saw it. I said, "Oh, we got to find out who this person is because she's either a cop, off duty. She went, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fix this right now." It was a beautiful pit that rolled the car. It was perfect. They came around her. She leaned into it, and over it went. And I'm sitting there going, nicely done. Another citizen award that we need to hand out for a job well done. Because then she circled back to uh, to look at her at the carnage that she caused. Nice. Very nice. That's what David. I saw. I don't know if anybody else saw, but that's what I saw. I went, oh, yeah, there she is right there. I want to know this person. <laughs> she was David, in it. David doesn't give out a lot of compliments, so that, that's pretty good. Uh, nice pit. Well, what's amazing to me is uh, when you finally get a hold of these teenagers in a wreck, you can't kill. They're like Highlanders. You got to cut their head off to kill them. They're like little pieces of 15-year-old rubber. They just they just flop around. I, I chased a kid. He made a turn, uh, uh, ass over elbow, and 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 the car caught fire. Huge mess. So I thought, okay, I'd kill. And all of a sudden, I saw his little head pop up like like and, like a roach. You step on them and you bring your foot up, and off they go. You can't. They're just just amazing. They don't get a scratch on them. All right. Well, David, we got some open uh, open mics. David, I, I got one more video. If you if you're short, I'll Go get ahead. to the other one. Go ahead. All right. Well, look, uh, hey, this last video this will be our last one. We got a minute and a half left here, but body cam, uh, redvoicemedia.com, thin blue line TV. Man charges police with a crowbar. Doesn't go well for him. West Valley Police Department, which is in Utah, and uh, look, a uh, guy with crowbar. It's uh, May 10th. It's early in the morning. 911, multiple calls. Guy breaking in the home, smashing windows with a metal object. Cops get there, and they find this Denny James Clark. He's in a driveway, has a crowbar. He's waving it, walking towards officers, shouting, all right, here I come. Officers walking, running backwards on the street. 
look, they second officer deploys a taser. That doesn't work. Third officer starts chasing Clark, and uh, then he stops, and the bad guy starts charging with a crowbar, and uh, shooting goes down. Doesn't go well. He's transported to the hospital and then jail, so he does survive it. But what do you guys? Uh, what do you guys think in 32 seconds? Got a thumbs up from uh, from Captain Brett. I actually got a thumbs up all the way around. So, you know, I think it's a uh, example of uh, of what the dude bad guy's lucky that he survived it, but a uh, perfectly justified shoot. And uh, hey, we're still we're still using tasers. Still got plenty of uh, taser videos too. So they gave it the old uh, college try. So um, I still wish they weren't so relying on tasers in all these situations. But that's a story for another day. Look, a great show. So I appreciate everybody that's uh, contributed. And uh, look, a shout out to our sponsors, Galls, Extra Duty Solutions, GunLearn.com, Viridian Weapon Technologies, and Guardian Alliance Technologies. Hey, we're powered by Pexip. Thanks to uh, Live Free TV, uh, Red Voice Media, Thin Blue Line TV, Free Press. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.